I've been told by everybody up on this roof that they're all off the roof. I am on the roof of Exposure 4. Got fire through the roof of the fire building in the entire rear section. Now, the given the payday. Has this been accounted for? Okay. 610V. That was the payday. 610V. I'm out here. We got a fire. One and a half story, single family dwelling. Fire shown from the second floor. Give me a second alarm on this. See up there, top floor. I got people hanging out the top floor windows with a baby. Commercial building, uh, a lot of fire, a lot of smoke. Go ahead and strike a third alarm on my orders on this. We got people on the front fire escape here with windows printed below them. We need somebody up there. Yeah, let them know we got a job. I'm pulling up now. Second alarm, I got a one-story single-family frame. Heavy fire showing from the attic. So we're using all hands. We got one line stretch, fire on the fourth floor. Second line being stretched. Primary searches are underway. Hey, we're back with another episode of Old School. I'm Rick Lasky, along with my buddy John Salka. And uh, we've, we've got another good topic for you. We always try to come up with a good one for you um, uh, and uh, generate some discussion, maybe uh, on shift or on your meeting night uh, at your volunteer fire department uh, or just over a cup of coffee with uh, a couple of fellow firefighters and whether it's tactics or leadership or, uh, uh, you, you know, anything that goes along uh, with what we do and, and how we always attempt to get better at what we're doing. Um, John, let me, let me throw this out at you real quick. I'm I'm a big believer, you know, we've talked about experience for a long time. Um, you know, it's hard to it's hard to manufacture, if you will, experience per se if if you know, if your department's not that busy, you can't go out and light fires, right? We've talked about that. You know, it comes down to training and doing this and doing that, so on and so forth. But at the same time, I, I, I love the tabletops. I think, you know, nowadays if if you can't, if there's a time where you can sit down and you look at that photo or you look at that video and you open up a discussion, you talk about stretching lines and, you know, not beaten up by the department in the picture or the video like some people do, but trying to match it to your department, your function, your operations and how you do things. I think some of those videos and some of those pictures and the tabletops, just discussions on, on tactics and strategy or leadership, whatever, I think they're invaluable. Um, and I, I think some people kind of play it down as, you know, uh, oh, it's just shop talk or it's just this or whatever. I mean, how many times have you and I sat around at a firehouse, you know, when we're traveling and had a great discussion at the kitchen table about tactics or leadership, right? Right. Absolutely. And, you know, sometimes you do it, sometimes you do it accidentally. You come in for a shift or you're hanging out in the volunteer firehouse after drill night and, and somebody, somebody brings in, you know, the newspaper, the newspaper's laying there on a the table and you, and you look, Oh, that's that job they had yesterday up in Warwick, you know? Wow, like, hey, guys, look at this. Is this, is this a good spot, really, for the towel out of the bee? What do you think? That good or bad? And all of a sudden, you get in this hour-long discussion over apparatus placement just from looking at the front-page picture of a newspaper of a, of a fire the day before. So, I mean, there's so many things you can, you can look at and talk about and discuss, uh, even just looking at a single picture or a cover of, you know, a firehouse or wherever, you know? Oh, God, just sometimes the experiences, sitting around – you know, and, and having that conversation where you go, you know, well, we had a job, you know, about four years ago where, and it, well, yeah, remember that one? Yeah. You know, and the house was all, it was a hoarder house or it was all jammed up or there was things or four century problems or whatever. And, and, and you see some of the younger members in the department on shift or some of the younger volleys kind of sitting off to the side, just kind of getting quiet, listening, taking all that in. So I, I just think, I think the value of some of the discussions some of the little tabletops, if you will, are, 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 are there. I, th- I think they're legit when it comes to that. Um, another topic that came up, and uh, you and I were actually talking about uh, this a while back, um, 
and I know it's another, we always say this, it's another thing we talk about in the classes, uh, like we do, but we do roll call in the company officer Academy about how to do a roll call, you know, whether you're doing one or not, or the, the, the value of that is just, it, it, it goes without saying. And we cover a laundry list. It usually takes about two hours to get through. It should take you just minutes to do. And one of the things, John, <clears throat> we talk about are the rig checks, you know, checking the rigs out and, um, and, you know, going somewhere and, and visiting with, with some different folks and, you know, you're kind of curious, you know, how, how they take care of business. And you say, so run me through your day. What do you, what do you guys do? Oh, we get here, we get this going, we get that going, we do a little roll call, a meeting, and then uh, off we go. And, you know, and, and, and I think it, it's all over the map, John, as to how or if people actually check out the rigs, you know, and how thorough. You know, I've always been a big one. We've talked about, like, you, you know, you do a quick roll call in the morning. You kick your guys out, you know, out into the bay. They go out there, you know, they give it, I always talk it, they give it this semi-quick runover. Make sure the rig starts, <clears throat> air packs are good to go, turn out gear on, portable radios, batteries are changed, you know, sauce, you know, all, all the quickies, right? All the things you can get done in under maybe 30 minutes. Then they come back in, sit down, you know, get their cereal, their coffee, and then we have the longer roll call. Then they go back out. And if they're going to really like wash the rig and do things and, you know, they take a little more time, they can go out and, and hit that. But the necessities, if you let's say your shift starts at seven o'clock in the morning, you know, we don't put the phones on call 40, right? You know, at seven Oh three, we can't say, well, we're not ready. We haven't checked the rig yet or run around getting our turnout gear or change all oh, my batteries dead on my radio, my air packs half empty. That stuff should all been taken care of right away. And, 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 and I also, John, I guess the, the thing we're talking about is, is talking about the volunteer departments too, but so let's kick that off. The importance of the rig checks, you know, the apparatus checks in, in, in the morning or, on your drill night or meeting night. Right. And, and everything you said is true, obviously. There's great importance to it. But, but, but I, I take it, and, and, and it's not me saying this. This is what I've learned over all the years, mostly, mostly in the job, mostly in the FDMY. But I must admit, I was in, a, in, in two other fire departments, Titusville, Florida. I was a career man there before I came back up to New York. While I was waiting to get on a job, I knew I was on a list. I knew I was going to get hired. Um, and before that, I was in a Mineola a volunteer fire department out of Long Island where I was a, a young man. You know, I was 18 years old. I graduated high school. I didn't even graduate. I was still in high school. And I learned it there too. That was Monday night drill. It was always Monday night drill in Mineola. Obviously, Titusville was a paid job, whatever whatever shift or whatever day you were working. The officers were there. And, and I still remember them. Bill Davis, who uh, since, I, since I left there and came up to New York years ago, he, he has, has since passed away. Great, great guy. Always very intense and very, very, you know, detail-oriented. Uh, Bob Spillers, who I actually happened to speak to uh, about six months ago. I met his nephew, who was a firefighter. I said, oh, you, you worked with my uncle, uh, Bob. I said, yeah, Bob Spillers, that was my lieutenant. He said, oh, yeah, he's, he's getting up in age now. He's, he's long time retired, but, boy, he'd love to hear from you. You know, I called him, and we had a great half-hour conversation. Really? And, and Bob was the same oh, way. Cool. Bob was into tools and equipment. He, he was a plumber, if I remember, on the side. So so there's his tools. There's his hands and his tools already, right, thinking about tools and how to keep them up and so, so getting back to the rig check, I like to take it a step further. I think the rig check for, for lots of people, the rig check for me, was almost one of the highlights of the day. I came in when, when, when Jay Jonas and I, we talk about, a lot about Jay. We were firefighters together in Rescue 3. When we came in and we were working together, and, we, and also there we are in a day tour, maybe Pete Lund or, or Mike Kogan as a lieutenant, like, okay, you guys check the rig. And, I mean, number one, it was a gigantic, gigantic rescue rig, right? I don't know how many hundreds of tools or pieces of equipment on there. It took us a good part of an hour to check that rig. And I'm talking about starting up a dozen, you know, 
gasoline powered motors and, yeah. and all sorts of mechanical equipment, never mind cleaning tools and saws and blades and, and replacing things and filling up fuel tanks. And it was almost a highlight of the day. That, that, that's number one. You should be looking forward to the rig. That should almost be, and if you have good officers and a good chief, that should almost be a treat. That should almost be a treat. Yeah, I checked out the truck tonight. You know, wow, you got you got all the good tools. I I checked out the engine. We just had a couple of tools and the nozzles and stuff like that. And and not that there's anything less less important about an engine. But my whole point is, it should be it should be a treat to check a rig out, not a chore. A treat, right, not right. a chore. Absolutely. And well, you 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 died. You died. You you just killed yourself in in this in trying to get hired on that career, even that volunteer fire department. You know, the excitement about being there and riding the rigs and all that, it's more than just riding the jump seat when you get on, you know, get on that rig. It's, it's like you said, the excitement of putting your hands on all this stuff. It's like I'm actually checking the stuff that I dreamed about doing. You know, I'm right. checking the rig, right. checking the tool. And, and how sad is it when you get somewhere and the saw don't start or your air pack's half empty or your radio's dead or the O2 cylinder is empty because they left it on accidentally the ship before from a run. Right. Right. And now you get somewhere and you run around like a, like a, like, like a crazy person trying to figure out what to do when it all should have been checked ahead of time. And have you ever, I, I, I've asked, I've asked uh, guys this. Um, I remember going up through the ranks as a Lieutenant captain in the FDMY, you cover, you bounce around, you're working a lot of different places over the course of a, frankly, it could be a couple of years before you land a regular spot and, and stay there. So you, you could be working somewhere for the first time and the last time with a crew of guys you'll never meet again. And after they check the rigs out, you're sitting in the kitchen or you're writing a roll call or you're having a cup of coffee and giving out assignments. And who checked the rig? I did. What's your name? Billy? How, how is everything, Billy? Everything's checked? How's the saw? Is the, uh, is the, is the fuel, fuel tank on the saw full? Yep. Yep. I looked at it. All right. Is, is the fuel full in the fuel tank, the, the, the tank that we have in the compartment to refuel the saw? Is, is that full? Gee, I don't know. Okay. So all, all of a sudden you start picking up stuff. Now you can call that major or minor, but, but ask yourself this question. And I, and I always asked a young guy this question when I was working. Think of the things you picked up. Think of the things you discovered on a rig check that you said, holy crap. I'm glad I saw this right now, standing here yeah. on the apparatus floor, look and saying, oh, look, look how many teeth are busted off this saw. Somebody must have used it and not changed the blade. Or look at this loose bolt on this saw. This thing might have fell off while we were cutting. Or we might not have been able to finish how, the job. How many guys have you seen at a fire with the saw? Getting ready to, <clears throat> they're, they're, you know, they throw the ladder to get ready to go up to cut a, cut a hole in the roof or whatever. And a lot of them will try and start that saw, get it idling. You know, the chainsaw, you know, they can lock the safety dig down the ground. And they're brr, 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 brr. Or they're up. You see them up there and they're, they're pulling. I'm like, <clears throat> now I understand you know, saws can be finicky and all that stuff. But at the same time, if you didn't start it at the beginning of your shift, you know, and, and I, I had one place, yeah. I, I tell that story, the whole, my, my saw story, right? Let me tell that one about Tommy Trevino. If I can, if I can tell that one, yeah. I've told folks, if you've, if you've heard me pride ownership, you heard me talk about it, the whole, my first lesson in pride and ownership, Tommy Trevino, God, Tommy, John and I love you. We adore you, your enthusiasm, your passion. I, I, I God, what a, what a great, great firefighter officer chief and, and a mentor. But uh, John, it was that we were young firefighters together. I was on a truck company. He was on a heavy rescue and we were at a, they were in his town at a, at a fire. It's an old, old school, three, four story school. We had fire running the floor joists on the first floor. Old and school, old school. So <laughs> <laughs> good. there's, there's a shameless book, but anyway, that being said, 
So we're, I, I'm trying to get to the floor. I got my ex, I'm getting my ass whooped. Okay. I'm just, you know, there's like three, four layers of floor. And I look over and there's these two young firefighters standing over in the room and they got their saw and they're going, brr, 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 brr. I can smell the fuel that they're flooding it. And, and because it's Thursday and, and, you know, Tuesday saw check day. So I guess you don't have fires arrested a freaking week. You know, let's just check our saw once, once a week or whatever. And the one guy's telling me, he goes, no, no, do this. And, and, he, and he puts his ax down. He's trying to help the guy, puts his ax down, the one thing that will start all the time. Anyway, and Tommy looks over at Chief Butler and the interior chief. And, he, and Tommy, you know, a little, you know, I always call the little short Italian guy, right? You know, just full of passion. And Tommy looks at Chief Butler, he goes, Chief, and he looks at these guys, he goes, will you let me go get my saw? Will you let me go get my, let me go get my saw, Chief? And, and Butler says, Tommy, Tommy, relax. Give them a chance. Get, get, let them Give them a chance, you know. And Tommy's like, just let me go get my damn saw. And so these guys are over there, brr, brr, brr. And I'm, now I'm still chopping, trying to get through this freaking flooring with these. And I'm, I'm a little aggravated because these guys can't start their saw. And, and so finally, after about nine my saw things, Tommy, Butler finally says, all right, Tommy, go get your saw. John, he, you've heard me say this story a thousand times. He walks out in the hallway. He had it out there. He, had a, he comes back in. I remember, I remember watching him. With his chainsaw, one pull, he pulls, cuts down the middle of the bay, makes my job a whole lot, a whole lot, a whole lot easier, right? So, that being said, you know, flash forward with me, we're outside later. I see him, and now you know this: we're we're very, very, very close, dear friends. Tommy Toffer, you and I at, at FDIC for ever at the, with the Safety Survival Program. Anyway, so I see him, and we were just we just knew each other. I say, Tommy, he goes, "What?" I said, "What was it the whole my saw thing?" He goes, "I said, what was it the whole?" my saw my saw thing and i'm like he's like he's like what are you talking about i go you know the my saw he goes that's not my saw that's oak lawn saw and those are those those, those are not my guys those are oak lawn's guys and that's oak lawn squad but today that's my squad today is squad heavy rescue today it's my squad today that's my company today that's my saw and when tommy's gonna punch you his nose wrinkles up a little bit and i'm thinking he looks at me and i'm like all right you, you little bastard we're gonna throw out knuckles we're gonna throw knuckles out here in the street and he looks at me, and John, he kind of shakes his head like, you dummy. You know, he walks away, kind of like that disappointed look, and I got it. I'm like, right. it, 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 the saw could be sitting here right now. It didn't say Tommy Shavio saw. It said Oaklawn FD. And three years later, we're at Monroe, Wisconsin, teaching after class, John. And we're sitting around the pool. The guys are swimming, the instructors. And he goes, you know, Ricky, he goes, you, you, you know, about three years ago, remember the whole saw thing? I go, yeah. He goes, you know, that wasn't my saw. I go, I know, Tommy, that wasn't your saw. He goes, no. He goes, look, I could walk into the firehouse that morning. He goes, the saw bl- I could look at the saw. The saw blade could be all full of tar, the fuel tank empty, and the plug all fouled up. You know what? I'm not going to go deal with that guy because you know what? I, you know what? I, can't, I can't fix him. I'm going to worry about the things I can fix, not the things I can't. So you, know, you know what I can't fix? I can clean the tar off the blade, fill the tank up, blow the plug out because today that's my saw. And we talked about the importance of checking your tools and checking your – and I went back to that. Yeah, they. I, I mean – how do you, how do you work somewhere like that where you check your saws once a month, you know, or or whatever? And I know it's hard. Some of the volunteer departments, you know, it's hard when you can't get there every day to check something. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, it, it some places you just can't do a smaller roster. You can't be there every day when you're working your job. You got a family and that kind of stuff. But but I think we can check this stuff a little bit more. Don't you agree? Absolutely, and. and- and, you know, for, for the purposes of just organization, uh, you know, you, you look at volunteer departments, you know, full-time paid departments, 
or volunteer departments or, you know, volunteer on call, meaning, meaning there's nobody hanging around a firehouse. There's nobody standing there in a blue uniform in the morning, drinking a cup of coffee or smoking a cigar or, or watching TV that could be checking a rig. They're home. Even if they're on call people, they're home. They'll come down when the bells ring. They'll come down when a siren goes. And we but, love our volunteers. You've been a volunteer for 40, almost 45 years. I'm a volunteer. We love our volunteers. But there is, right. you know, and, and, and volunteer, let's face it, volunteer fire departments are, are a majority of the fire departments in the country. So there's, there's plenty of them. All different sizes, all different funding, all different staffing, all different you know policies. But, but back to the point of the rig check. So if you're a career fire department, you and I have visited career departments with all our teaching and training and traveling. I visited career departments where, you know, before the class, after the class, at lunchtime, the night before, the next night, it comes up. And all of a sudden the guy's like, yeah, well, well, we check everything, right down to starting the saws and everything, you know, every Monday morning. I said, just Monday morning? Like Monday, Wednesday, Friday? No, no, no just Monday morning we start everything. The other days, we just glance and make sure that, you know, the, the tools are still there, that we have the proper, you know. He said, well, we don't really go through the rig like we do on Monday. I'm like, really? I mean, doesn't that make, like, Sunday night the most dangerous tour in the firehouse? The worst Sunday night? <laughs> the source haven't been started in a week unless you're cutting roofs every day, right? I mean, so, so don't think, well, all those career guys got plenty of time to check rigs. That's why they do it every day. I, I'm here to tell you that everybody doesn't do it every day. The FDNY doesn't do it every day. Guess what the FDNY does? Every tour. Now, b- because the way our shifts are, are structured, we have day tours and night tours. So in a 24-hour shift or in a 24-hour period, there are two shifts. There's a day tour from 9 o'clock in the morning till 6 at night. Then there's a night tour from 6 at night till 9 the next morning. And I'll tell you what, the same guys could be working. They could all be coming and doing a double, doing a day shift and a night shift to work 24 hours. And that rig gets checked again at the shift change by probably the guy that checked it at 9 a.m., checks it again at 6 o'clock like he just came in from a week off, like he hasn't even looked at those tools. That That is, uh, you know, really paying serious attention to rig checks. Now, there's other departments that work 24-hour shifts, and the rig gets checked every 24 hours. I, I, I don't know, and nobody really has presented a reasonable article to, uh, argument to me, why rigs can't be checked every sunrise, every single morning. If that's your shift change, somebody should be checking at rig. And, and not just a glance through, not just open a compartment, look in, close it. If you're not touching every tool, you're not checking a rig. Well, and, and then that, doesn't it go back? We've seen this. Uh, I've seen it in my own department. It didn't last long when I saw it. Obviously, we took care of it. But I've seen other places where, and let's talk to career side before we jump back to the volunteer side here, um, is, you know, let's say it's 7 o'clock, shift change. And 7.15, they set the tones off. And you watch guys run into the, the gear rack to get their gear, and they haven't checked the rig out yet. They haven't even started it yet. And, and, and I'll tell you, you know, for all the years I was in Louisville, you know, you'd hear this. You, rarely you'd hear it. You'd hear, you know, they'd bump out a call, maybe an, a, you know, a medical call, like 710, 705, 715, and you'd hear, you'd hear uh, you know, Louisville Station 3, uh, we're dead in the house, start another medic, another ambulance. I couldn't, I couldn't dial the phone quick enough before Tim or Daryl or the BC was on the phone go, calling the captain going, so from seven o'clock to now, the rig conked out on you, huh? From seven o'clock, you start to show yourself for that, you know, and they're like, no, it's, a, and I'm going to say, it's unacceptable. It's unacceptable. And we're, I, I'm sorry. And, you, and, and for our listeners, you can agree to disagree. It's unacceptable to be in a, in a, in a firehouse for your shift. You start your shift, let's say seven o'clock, let's call it seven o'clock at seven fifteen, seven twenty, or so 
to not have your gear on the rig, to not have your portable radio battery changed. Not make sure your SC. And I used to say, John, I want to know that this is what I want to know. I want to know that the rig starts, your air pack's ready to go, your portable radio's ready to go, you have your turnout gear there, and your tool. You know what I'm saying? Some of the other stuff we can get back to. You know, we can get back to that stuff, but we can't. Again, we can't put the phones on call forty. You know, if we start at seven and someone calls seven oh one, okay, wait, 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 we're not done checking the rigs, man. You know, call. And, and, I, and I used to hear that. It was rare. There's sometimes I, I couldn't even dial my phone quick enough. And I'm like, no, Chief Tittle's already on the phone with them. Or Chief Wells, Jerry Wells, are, you know, telling them, really? It conked out on you in 15? Well, well no, you, if you check the rig at 7, chances are it's going to start in 15, 20 minutes. Right. And think of the things. And you just mentioned a couple. Think of the items. Think of the pieces of equipment. Think of the tools that if they're not checked and because they weren't checked, they're not ready to go. They're not operational. They're not in service. Think of the tools or equipment that if you don't check out and you go out 10 minutes later or two hours later could cause serious oh. injury, death to you and or civilians. I mean, you already mentioned SCBAs. You don't check them SCBAs out. You, you don't know for sure that you're in good shape. Two hours later, you get a run. Either you get nothing or you realize that the tank is empty or it's half empty and, you, and you're committed to a job and now all of a sudden you're probably saying, oh, I'm out of air, I'm out of air. Now, now that negatively affects the whole operation. Think about the can. I mean, we do it in the FDNY. We do it in Top Lumen Grove. A lot of places carry a can, the first new truck, to get some as a first aid appliance. Very, right? very, very, very underrated, undervalued Absolutely. Appliance. Absolutely. And as a matter of fact, I wrote an article years ago for fire engineering. I happened to be one of my fire engineering stints with articles, and it was about the can. And the picture is Billy McGinn when he was one of my firemen <laughs> in his quad. The picture is Billy McGinn God with the can. Him. And Billy Billy was killed on 9-11. But uh, back back to the tools that are important. Your SCBA, the, the two-and-a-half-gallon extinguisher, you go to pick that up. And I got a great story about that, which I'll tell in a minute. Um, the hearse tool. You start the hearse tool up. Well, you can't start the hearse tool up, and you got a family trapped in a vehicle. Maybe a family trapped in a vehicle. I mean, think about the nozzle. You didn't check the nozzle. You pull a line. There's a, there's a family trapped in a vehicle. The, the bail is gone. The handle's gone on the nozzle. And you got to pull a different line, you know. Think about all the things that if you don't check, if you don't discover in the morning during a rig check, could have a dramatic negative impact either on you or the people that we serve. Well, and, and part of that was, you know, for the shift guys, jumping on the rig and getting it checked right away. Like I said, John, there should be the minimums. That's why I said the minimums. You know, rig starts, PPE, you know, including your pack, your tools, you know, radio, ready to go. If we catch a call right now, we can respond. We're, and, we, and you know what? If a tool isn't exactly where it should be, yeah, I, I'm okay with that. You know what I'm saying? But we gotta right. be, we've got to right. be ready to roll out the door right now. Now, for, 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 the, for the volunteer departments, I know in my volley department, John, you know, if drill was at 7 o'clock, I always try to get there half hour early to check my rig because I didn't want to take time away from drill. You know, I want, I want to, you know, when you got there and you start setting up for drill at 7 o'clock, my rig was already checked. I, I was, my rig was already checked because I was already, I wanted to help set up drill. I don't want to take a half hour away from the only couple hours I have for drill night. You know what I'm saying? I right. got there now, now. And I'll ask you this. We've talked about this before about how long it should take you to check out the rig, but well, let me back up for a second. You know, and one of the things that I liked right where, where you know, in my, my earlier first volunteer days, you know, was, we assigned an engineer, you know, there was the rank of firefighter, then there was the rank of engineer or driver operator, someplace, but engineer, then lieutenant captain, and so on and so forth. And as an engineer, you were assigned a rig. You know, that was your engine. You, that was your engine, 
you're responsible for that. Everybody checked it. Don't get me wrong. But there was one person that that was it. I mean, that one person made sure, you know, when it came down to it, you didn't run to five different people. Say, did you check? You check? You go, you went to Hey John, you got engine 551, right? Okay. How, hey, chief, I'm going to tell you right now, you know, I just checked it again. I got that problem with this or that and so on and so forth. And you don't miss things like lights burned out or gear not working right or saws or whatever. I kind of like that. I kind of like, you know, it doesn't mean that everybody doesn't check the rig, but when you have, you give it, right. We talked about empowerment, area assignments. Hey, John, Sal, John Salka, my, my, one of my firefighters, John, you're in charge of engine, engine two. That's your rig. Grab the guys. They're going to all go check it with you. But ultimately you're the one, you're the one making sure. And there were times I'd come home from playing ball. You know, I played a lot of softball, right? I'd come home and I, I had, I'd drive by and I'd actually go around the block, go back, run in the firehouse, and check my rig real quick, or at least make sure the compartments were closed because you know sometimes guys end up checking things. And now we pull out on a call, you know, I get up there after the page goes off, and my one of my doors is flying over because somebody didn't close it all the way. I just I like the idea of having you know if you can, I know not everybody can, but having somebody, you know, that ultimately you're hey you 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 make lieutenants, you make captains, you make assistant chiefs and deputies, put put somebody in charge of each rig. That's your rig to take care of. Um, so that that's that. But how? Let me ask you this: You're your chief of your volunteer department, South Blooming Grove. Great, great fire department. Great volunteer fire department with some great people. How long do you expect your guys? You know, on drill night, you know, how long should it take them to check the engine if the guys check the engine or the ladder? Well, I mean, there's two things. The first thing is, and we're talking about volunteers, and I've been in two different volunteer fire departments. I'm sure we have a lot of volunteers listening. We check our rigs every single Wednesday night. No matter how many Wednesdays there are in a month, whether there's four, whether there's five. Is that drill night? That's drill night. Wednesday night is drill night. Starts at 7 o'clock, goes till whenever. And every rig is checked, meaning fuel, water level, uh, SCBAs, the spare cylinders, the saws are started, the generators are started, uh, the tools are all cleaned and made sure that they're still in in, in good shape. the whole rig is checked. Every compartment is open. Anything that runs is started. Anything that's 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 handled is is uh, uh, is picked up and looked at. So so that's the first thing. All the rigs are checked, and it's usually one guy, one kid, one boy, one member per rig, right? And the guy comes in, he gets the first pick. He picks what he wants. He jumps up on it. Somebody else comes in. Tommy, you here? Yeah. Billy, get eighty-seven. I got eighty-five. Okay. And they check they check all those rigs. Now, the first. The first Wednesday, the third Wednesday, and the fourth Wednesday are also drill nights. Every single Wednesday night, the rigs get checked. But then on the first Wednesday night, after the check is done, then the lieutenants get together, pick a topic, and off they go. The second Wednesday is our is our monthly meeting because it's a volunteer fire department. So the same drill, the same rig check happens, the same exact thing happens. But when the rigs are done, then they close the doors. Everybody goes into the meeting room. And they set the meeting room up, and we have our monthly meeting and our discussion and everything else that has to go on. Okay. Then the third and the fourth Wednesday nights is the same exact thing again. Check, rig check, drill, rig check, drill. Even the last, if we happen to have five Wednesdays, sometimes the last Wednesday they'll have a Chiefs night. They'll have sort of like a a barbecue night. But the rigs still get checked first. There's never a Wednesday night where the rigs don't get checked. Once in a while, if it's, you know, if it's not Thanksgiving, you know, the night before Thanksgiving we do have a, a drill and we do check the rigs. But if it turns to be on a holiday, we check it the night before or the night after, but they're still checked every week. And I, and I hear of volunteer fire departments to say we check them, you know, the first the first Monday of the month is when we check all the rigs. I'm saying to myself, that that is insufficient. It's insufficient. It's not reasonable. Oh, we're a small volley department. We don't have that many people. Well, if you're a small volley department and you don't have that many people, well, then it's easy to figure out who's going to check the rigs. And if it's small, 
then you probably don't have a lot of stuff to look at. It's probably a half hour endeavor, 35 minutes. I mean, it's not a big deal. And, and you got to turn the pages back to what happens if the SCBA is empty? SCBA is empty. What happens if the fuel tank on the rig didn't get filled from the last two runs that you had three weeks ago? And now you don't make it to the mutual aid five miles away. You run out of fuel on the way to a call. What happens if you don't have gas in the power store or in the Hearst tool generator? I mean, there's so many things that can go wrong for lack of somebody just putting the glasses on, looking in the compartment, checking fuel levels and stuff. It's just, it seems to me that it's just sort of like a bit of a, a lazy thing, an easy way out to say, yeah, we check it on the first Wednesday. Well, it goes back to the ownership thing, right? I mean, I know I've seen your guys. I know you have guys that, you know, they don't wait for drill night to check a rig or to look a rig over or, or just after a call or whatever, you know, um, if you're into the job, you know, if you're, if you're, if you go out there and you end up stopping by the, the firehouse, you know, Saturday morning, or, you know, you're coming home, like I said, I used to come home and play a softball game, you know, some guy, uh, I, I know one guy, his bowling league, he always stopped by after his bowling night, he, you, 10 o'clock at night, you'd see an engine out on the apron running, you know, I'm saying just, and I'm like, up. Oh, that's it. He's coming back from, you know, tonight was bowling night. He comes by and he already checked it. He already checked it on drill night, John. He's checking it again. And I'm like, you know, starting it up, making sure things working and so on and so forth. Um, like you said, I mean, yes, there are times where you could take an hour and check, take everything out of a compartment, wipe it down, clean, put it back. But to, I think, like you said, to do a good, a good, fairly thorough rig check, you know what, a half hour, you know, to make sure everything's running, make Not sure a it's going to truck or, or engine. Yeah. I mean, you get it to a quint, you get it to a heavy rescue. Maybe it's going to take you a little bit more, but, but still it's, it's not an exuberant amount of time. It's not unreasonable. No. Right. Exactly. So again, the importance of the rig checks, you know, on a career department, getting your stuff done and, you know, and I don't want to get into the whole clock watchers. I start my shift at seven o'clock, all stuff. You know, like I said, it, it used to frustrate me to see guys run around getting their turnout gear off the rack and checking things. And I'm like, so, so if you, if you ran to get your, your, your gear off the rack, I can almost guarantee you didn't check your air pack. The battery's still the same battery from yesterday, which could be fine or could have, you know, could be low, you know, that kind of thing. And I don't know if the rig's going to check, you know, if the guy at five and four in the morning or three or two left to call Hurst, left to switch on, the batteries are dead you know, or whatever, that whole hurry up and jump it or we're dead in the house doesn't right. make it. And right. then, and then I just think if, if you're a volunteer, you know, God, you have no idea how hard, um, I, 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 you know, this cause you're my best bud. Um, you know, I've, I've been given the honor and the privilege to serve as a volunteer firefighter with the Wichita West volunteer fire department right here. And, you know, which in the Wichita Falls metro area of Northwest Texas. And as a new, as a as the rookie, I'm just an observer, you know, I, and I, and it's, God, there's so many things, you know what I'm saying? You, you look and you go, you know, and, and the chief Ryan's like, no, no, if you want to, you know, if you want to, cause I'm like, yeah, all right, you caught co me sweeping the floor. Right. And, and checking this. Cause I don't want to, when the guys are on a run, if I miss the rig, I don't, I don't want to just sit there and look at my phone for an hour while they're on an EMS call. I'm, I want, you know, there's always something. I right? told you, you ought, to get, you ought to get one of them office chairs that reclines and light a big cigar, put your feet <laughs> up on a chief's desk. But, you know, I mean, right, we've said it. There's always something to clean. There's, there's, I don't care where you work. There's always something to clean. There's always something to check. There's always going to take care of. And I'm like sitting in my hands going, God, I want to check this, check that. But we've got some, we've got some good guys and gals there. I'm just saying, 
you know, on the career side, no excuse to have your rig checked in the morning. I'm sorry. There's just, there's just no excuse. Um, or if you can come up with one, it's going to be rare. And, and for the volunteer departments, like John said, you know, it's, how long uh, you think it took, how long you think it took to check the super pumper? Huh? Oh my God. Yeah. You know, but, but well, look at, like you said, rescue three in the Bronx. I mean, a gazillion freaking tools on it got checked twice a day. Twice, not just once, twice with your shifts. Like you said, 45 engine, 58 truck, 45 engine, even though you do you know, day and night tours, let's say mutuals where the, the crew for 45 is there for, all, for 24 hours straight. Right. They still check the rig in the evening like they never, they, they start, the, they, the, the truck company starts to saw like it was never started there. Yeah, a roll call and everything, at the, even if the whole same crew was working. Right. You know, great way to run, great way to run the shop, you know? Yeah. And like hey, I said, think, I, about, think about the Yankee dugout, you know? You, you think they just hope that the bats are in there? You think that they don't have any <laughs> idea how many balls are in the bag available for the umpire when he wants more? You, you think the guy's helmets are in the same spot? Yes, no, maybe. You think Gina used to find his helmet laying over here or laying over there? No, there's somebody in there that's checking that dugout. They're checking the bats, checking checking the, 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 the chalk and everything else, you know, making sure everybody's got what they want. What have we said for years? Logistics is how we win battles. Logistics is, it's you know, unless you can bring a million people with you, logistics is how we win the battles, is, is having enough people, having enough stuff, the stuff is working, you know, that you know it, that you've trained on it, that it's, it, whatever you've got, you know, operates and so on and so forth. But Battles have been lost in major conflicts because they ran out of fuel, right? Battles in military battles have been lost because they ran out of fuel for the tanks. And you know what? Don't run out of fuel on a roof. Don't run out of fuel on your saw. Yeah, exactly. Checking your tools. The first times, are there, are there times you're going to get to a call and something's going to break? Absolutely. Absolutely. Things, it's just, all right, it, it's hung on there this long, this time it broke. Some of the stuff that breaks should have been caught before you rolled out the door and all that. But again, the rig checks. And also when something breaks, if you check the rig an hour earlier or four hours earlier, you know that there's two of them in the compartment and you just drop it and go back and pick up the other one. Cause you know what you got. Cause you check the rig. And I like, I'll, I'll show for drill that I get to pretty early here, but I'll, I'll, I'll pull up there. One of Ryan's guys, the chief there, the engine's already out on the apron, you know, engine's already on the apron half hour ahead of time. They already checked it. You know, it's all good to go. And so on and so forth, you know, but like you said, even for a smaller department that has a handful of rigs, how long should it take you? You know, and some of the rigs don't have as much in the way of equipment. You know, there aren't as many saws there aren't as many, you know, it's, it's, right. it's right. fuel, Red lights and siren, you know, starts and, you know, some other stuff, some SCBAs or so on and so forth. So anyway, I, I think it was a great topic for the show, um, checking the rigs. You know, we, we could probably go on another half hour, 45 minutes talking and, and, and you know, and, and talking about the importance of it, but making and sure. It's a universal topic, universal oh. topic for the smallest little volunteer firehouse somewhere with a dirt floor and one rig from 1977. And to the to the biggest career fire department with twelve guys on duty, got to check your rig for to be ready to, you know, provide service. Gotta and perform. and and we do it. And you say this all the time. We do it because we're here for who? You always say you going up for them. For them, we're here for them, and we're not we're not here for them if the rig don't start, the ear packs aren't full, the radios don't work, and all that stuff, and so on and so forth. So, Absolutely. hey, great topic, buddy. Great topic. If they want, good idea. If they want to get a hold of you, email. Chief John Salka at gmail.com. And I'm Chief Lasky at gmail.com. We appreciate you listening and tuning in again. Spread the word about old school. Um, 
we'll get another one out to you uh, pretty soon here. We're, we're trying to, you know, knock them out here and there and different topics. Uh, John, I never have a script. We, we just say, hey, how no about script. we talk about no this? Script. We have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like the command post or, or, or hump day hangouts that we all do. Kind of same thing. But um, so reach out to us if you're looking for a class. Uh, right now, if you're looking for a webinar or you're looking for a Zoom training session, we're doing a ton of Zoom training sessions, um, you know, with, with COVID and everything else. So give us a holler if you're interested in that. Um, we always ask you at the end of all our shows to please keep the men and women and armed forces in your thoughts and prayers. We appreciate you. See you next time. God bless you. Be safe.